Cougs House. All right. I did it. I watched the game, most of the game, a second time. And guess what? It didn't get much better the second time. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Cougs, the daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach Parker Ainsworth, to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater who can't step by, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way the latest on Cougs in your newsfeed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked on Cougs your first listen of the day. If you're finding us on YouTube, welcome back to the YouTube channel. It's so good to see you again. Remember, giveaway over 250 subscribers. Next one is 1750. We're in the 1660s. Hit subscribe. Help us get there. Like and comment on the videos and let us know that you are here and in the contest. If you are just dismayed at what to make of the Kansas State game, you still, you know, not past it, don't want to talk about it yet, blah, 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 blah. You just don't know what to do. On a positive note, tell us your favorite Houston Cougar basketball memory. Completely shift gears, get into basketball mode because basketball season starting had an exhibition game of the weekend as well. Fun stuff happening there. But today's episode is all about football. And so I want to talk some about that. I want to talk about being out coach on offense. I want to talk about some defensive issues. And then I want to talk about what comes next. Now, the layout for this week, I should probably go ahead and tell you, is today we're going to talk more about Kansas State, and then we're going to flush it. It sounds like that's exactly what Dana Holgerson wanted to do himself. Uh, you know, sounds like they had a little bit of an altered Sunday schedule, even like just trying to get past this game. Uh, at least I was told there's a little bit of an altered Sunday schedule. So just getting past this one and moving on to what comes next. Uh, so that's what we're going to do too. We're going to spend Monday talking about it. So taking a two day talk like we normally do, we're going to move on a little bit. We'll also spend some time this week. I'm unsure if it's Tuesday or Wednesday talking about basketball, then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, obviously getting ready for the Baylor Bears. But let's start in the first segment with something about the offense. Um, the biggest thing is, first of all, I thought they were out coaching offense compared, uh, like the defense game plan against State had was very strong and did not look like Houston had a whole bunch of answers. Now, obviously, going into the game without Joseph Manjack hurts. Joseph Manjack does a lot of crucial things, a lot of things that don't show up in the stat sheet as far as intentionally running routes to, you know, he runs deep routes to take tops off. He runs crossers that take uh, backers away to open up other guys. He's all kinds of things. He's, he's a very versatile receiver in that instance. He's also a great blocking receiver on your screen games and all those kinds of things downfield. Um, and he's a great team guy, right? He's a great energy guy and all, all those kinds of things. But that's not the entirety of what went wrong in the offense. I mean, frankly, Houston was, again, as we said in the post-game show, Houston was shut out for the first time since 2000. Dan Holgerson shut out for the first time as a head coach since 2013. It's ugly. It's not just one guy missing that's ugly. And my biggest thing in watching it through a second time on Sunday was what happened to all the crossing routes that, you know, created separation for Houston Cougar receivers. I understand that Kansas State runs a lot more zone coverage than Texas or West Virginia did. Um, and so the crossers would function a little bit differently, but you would still be trying to high-load different po folks in the same zones with crossing routes over the middle. It would just be a slightly altered route for a, a zone coverage and man coverage. And Division One football teams change their routes on the fly based on if man this, if zone that, all 
the time. That's not comp frankly high level high school teams. You'll see if cover two do this, if cover one do this, cover zero do that, right? Like that's not a crazy difficult thing to slightly change and shift routes. And so it was interesting to see that they couldn't get to any of that further. Um, I was surprised when I looked stuff up and, and stuff after the second watch through that Houston only had 2.7 seconds to throw the football and Donovan Smith had 2.77. That's not a lot, frankly. Again, the Big 12 Power 5 averages are typically more around a full three seconds. That quarter second matters a lot. However, on the season, that's kind of what he's had all year, right? And so when you look at like in the greater context of Houston Cougar football, they've scored touchdowns this year. So what? Why that doesn't necessarily jive with what, what would have been the problem there. Um, the biggest thing to me is it felt like no one was ever wide open. Um, six of the six of the targets were to guys thrown to guys that were covered, being a guy within an arm's distance per the Pro Football Focus metrics. Um, you know, for reference, the Texas game had five, and that's a very talented football team. And he's been able to escape that with man coverage and tremendous plays in the receivers. But West Virginia, we only saw that happen twice, right? Um, I think the big tell here was Houston also had seven drops uh that's an issue we thought we got fixed since the tcu game um and frankly if you look at the sam houston the tech the west virginia and the texas games all put together they don't have seven drops in those games all put together right so we really thought we'd fix that at tcu it was not the case in this one um weather may have had something to do with that as well um but not being open does too it's hard to catch the ball when you're not as open as you normally are um Houston only had one completion where the ball traveled more than 10 yards down the field. That also feels like a coaching error. That feels like why are we having trouble getting guys open down the field? Uh, we have a talented, talented wide receiver room, frankly. I don't understand uh, Joseph Manjack was down, but we need to be getting guys open. You can scheme guys open. And frankly, one of the things that at parts of his career, we thought Dan Algerson's offenses were really good at or scheming guys open that maybe shouldn't have otherwise been open. One thing is I think that he did really well with Tank Dell in his two years at, at Houston was getting Tank open. Everyone in America Tank was getting the ball, and he was still finding ways to get open or get open enough to make contested catches. We've seen him do the Matthew Gold in the red zone. We, like, we've seen this happen this year, and it did not work on Saturday. So when I look at like getting out coach and offense – I look at why weren't guys open, why weren't guys uh, creating separation, why weren't the route combinations helping with that, etc. One thing that was interesting was Houston kind of had a little bit of run game early, and this is more obvious in the second watch through, once you know the run game goes away late. And then in the second half, much to the ire of folks on Twitter and message boards and things like that, Houston tried to tried to return to run the football and had no success. Um Folks may not like this answer, but I actually understand why that was happening. Um, and while I'll get to why I think they still got out coached in this instance in a moment, but at the end of the game, once this game is punted on, I mean, this game, they're not, they're not coming back from 35 nothing in the third quarter, right? Um, truthfully, running the ball at some point is just about finding some positive to take out of this game as a like mental health part of the game. Like, we have to get ready to play more games this season. If you can like establish the run in the third quarter, yes, you were down by a lot. Yes, you waste clock. Yes, you're not coming back with it. But you got more games to try and win. You can still get to be bowl eligible. You can still make this a succeed a season that feels successful in a number of different ways. And they tried to establish a run in the third and fourth quarter, even though they're down by a lot. And I sympathize with that. Now, is it what I wish they had done? Maybe not, because really, I think they got out coached and that they went away from the run 
when it was frankly working. I don't think any of us expected it to be working early on, right? Parker Jenkins had more than four and a half yards to carry. This was the kind of thing. Donovan Smith had a big third down pickup on a quarterback run. Like they didn't call enough of these kinds of things for me, or certainly didn't lock them if they were RPO pre-snap reads and those kinds of things. And I think that's also a coaching error because I understand not coming into the game, maybe thinking that you're going to run all over this Kansas State defense, very strong defense, again, won the Big 12 last year, very tough, tough team to play in the trenches, but you were kind of doing it, right? Like, honestly, like, it was kind of working. And so I I wonder why they got away from that at parts. I understand, like, they were down 21 nothing or 28 nothing or whatever. But, like, honestly, you've been down 21 nothing before. That ain't nothing new. It, we have. And so reestablishing the run that late, well, I get it. I had problems with it more because they shouldn't have ever gotten away from it. Even it was 28, nothing, um, especially with how poor a job they're having throwing the football, both from throwing it on target and having completed and catching it and securing the catch and all the different things, all the mechanics, of the passing were off. And I, I felt like they got away from that way too fast, way too early. And if they'd run the football, you know, 15 more times, do they win the game? I don't know. That was a really good football team. Right, but do they have more success? Do we feel different at our Monday morning meetings about what happened? Let's absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Now, I would like to talk some about how to fix this. Let's talk first about how to fix your ride because passion, drive, and patience are what brings home a winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle. Uh, now you can pick things like level up to peak performance. You get superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride or die every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all these parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. That would be really nice. Bring home a win would be really, really nice. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusion fly. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Now, I also want to talk about, <laughs> interestingly enough, uh, game-changing performances. Now, Athletic Brewing is bringing us a game-changing performance every week. And honestly, this week was hard to find. Um, you know, Defense gets at 41 points. Offense doesn't score. What are you going to do? Um, I weirdly like... Okay, I said this early in the season. I'll say it again. I wonder if Pancake Hunter can play guard. He came in the last offensive series. The whole back of offensive line did. And um, Demetrius Pancake Hunter came in, and he had, like, on a single drive, a couple pancakes, and a, a successful double team that drove the ball downfield. I mean, like, can Pancake play one of the guard spots? Or if he can't, can he play a center and let Jack Freeman play a guard spot? Like, I... I I don't know. He had a good series or so when he was in. I think at this point in the season, it's worth throwing the dice. I think the deal is, though, it, he can potentially change the game just like athletic brewing is. Athletic brewing has changed the game because they're making non-alcoholic beers that taste good. Uh, trust me, they beat all of these different alcoholic beers at, uh, taste, at blind taste test competitions. Athletic brewing is offering first-time customers 15% off the code locked on. So go to athleticbrewing.com. Use code locked on, L O C K E D O N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com near beer exclusions and con all right so i mentioned the offense but i want to talk some about the defense too 
and the issues that they're running into. Um, first of all, this is the second game in a row. Houston stuck with a 3-3-5 defense. I mentioned after the Texas game that one of the reasons I thought the defense was so so successful was in part, or at least in large part, because of the versatility of one Nelson Caesar. One Nelson Caesar was not available in this game. Um, he had an injury on, I think Holgerson said after the game on Tuesday, um, and that he wasn't too terribly worried about it, but you know, it was a an injury that kept him from even traveling with the team. Um, and the three three five, it seems like okay, it's coming into this game. We talked about how dominant Cooper BB, the left guard, was. He's a future pro, all those kinds of things, right? Um, and how successful Kansas State have been running the ball inside. 3-3-5, I mentioned on Thursday's episode, I think was a fairly good defense to take away those kinds of things. You have a nose tackle, and then your head up on the tackle to come the B-gaps very quickly. You can quickly make things bounce to your hang players, your outside linebacker safety types outside the tackle box or attached to the tackle box. You also have three linebackers in the box that can scrape to things. Like It's a defense actually meant to... Help with the run. You got six bodies in the box that are all very fluid and mobile, theoretically. However, as we saw, that ain't what happened, Jack. Now, I think the defense is also horribly outcoached um, in that they still managed to give up 78 yards. So they gave up 188 yards in the ground. That's bad. They gave up 78 yards in the ground around the left edge of the offense. So still following Cooper B side. But they just they gave up edge yards right around the outside. They took away the inside run and gave up gashes on the left side. Uh, around the outside on the right, the right edge. They also kept 45 yards or 46 yards, um, which accounts to over hundred yards rushing just outside the tackles. Right. This is a team that typically has to dominate up the inside because they don't have the breakaway outside speed they had a year ago with Deuce Vaughn, right? Like this is unacceptable. They're not, that's not what they do. Let them beat us with something that's flashy and not what they do. Never mind the fact that the other 31 of their 180 yards were adding up very quickly to like the next area, the third highest area they rushed through was right up between the A gaps, right? Like they could just do what they want to run the football. And the 335 theoretically should be adept and should be able to shut those things down. And the shame is <laughs> if you're watching individually, several deepest linemen had really good games. Um, at a very individual level, but as a team, schematically, Houston could not stop the run. It felt like the kind of cold to use all different sprays on and nothing works. It just, it it was terrible. And part of it, you know, early on, it could tell us me bad when on third and 15, uh, Kansas State completes a 23-yard screen pass on third and 15. It was a backbreaker. It felt like Houston got a stop out the gates. Houston kicked off. They gave up one first down, but then got to third and 15 because Kansas State actually made a mistake. They never make mistakes. It was their only penalty of the game, and you thought you had them. And instead, on third and 15, you have a screen pass. Not even one where BB's out in front running around from it. Like, BB was the rat kill guy. If you watch it, where he's blocking back to make sure no one chased it from behind. And you give up a 23-yard screen pass where it doesn't look like anyone wanted to tackle and frankly i don't feel that great and i mean defense coordinators defense players will think like oh my god parker hates these guys i really don't but that kind of you know harsh comments didn't look like they want to tackle is exactly what it looked like on the field they had 10 missed tackles per pro football focus 10 double digits of missed tackles now 
I don't know. I'm not there during the week. I understand it was a cold game, cold, cold, cold games. And frankly, tackles hurt more in cold games than doing warm games. They just do, right? However, I have to imagine at some point this week, they were getting ready to play a smash mouth football game with Kansas State because when it was projected to rain, obviously it's going to be like that. When you're playing Kansas State, it's obviously going to be like that. When you're playing a team that has run the ball as effectively as they have throughout this entire season, with one of two quarterbacks being a run-only threat, of course it's going to be like that. However, instead, they had 10 missed tackles, and more than half of those missed tackles were guys in the back half of the defense, secondary-type guys. Um, Coach Belk is a secondary guy himself. Uh, that I mean, that is his wheelhouse, and they're missing tackles in the back end. And simple tackles, too, like they're throwing shoulders and just kind of dropping the ground, bouncing off dudes, throwing tackles in the back end. And the unfortunate thing is I kind of feel like that was becoming a strength. The the back half the defense was, I digress. I thought they were getting pretty good. Um, had a bad day tackling the football on Saturday. And um, for, for what it's worth, when a back half guy has trouble tackling the football, it typically means that you're going to have a big player touchdown, right? Because safeties are called safeties to the last line of defense, right? Corners are typically the deepest guy in the field. Like, if those guys miss tackles, it seems to hurt you more than... I understand, like, on a gap sound defense, your B-gap player may give up a touchdown because he missed a tackle, too. I'm not saying it's impossible to happen, but theoretically, athleticism from someone at the second or third level can help cover up a missed tackle at the line of scrimmage. Theoretically. There ain't that for a safety. There ain't that for a corner, right? And Houston, defense line made a lot of their tackles. It really was that back half of guys. And, you know, to add insult to injury, injury to insult, actually, to flip the metaphor, flip the saying around, um, Houston saw a lot of guys go down. We mentioned Nelson Caesar never got to show up and play. But uh, Isaiah Hamilton missed some time hurt. Uh, AJ Holsey got shaken up early. Um, Akeem Ajijalaya, he also left the game hurt. I don't think he ever came back, right? Um, Houston got banged up. Houston got banged. Uh, they got run over, run through, run around. Um, and then they got deked on play action. It was all kinds of bad. And I said on Saturday in the post game, and I actually kind of still feel that way, that Kansas State could have picked their score, it felt like, by the end of it. Because at first... They chip away with a thousand cuts, thousand cuts, thousand cuts, thousand cuts. Okay, you're gonna give us the five yards, gonna take the five yards, gonna give us the five yards, gonna take the five yards over and over and over again. We only get three, we only got three, we only got four, we only got four. They were just taking it every single play. And then very, very suddenly, and like the late second, I was like, Oh, we can go over the top two. Oh, we can play action and run deep. Oh, we can get speed to the outside, you got nothing for it. All of a sudden it was they really could do whatever they want. And I'm not so sure they couldn't just start the game like that. Um I got questions with three through five schematically if there is no Nelson Caesar on the field because it was very apparent. So Gwegu had a very strong game, right? We're talking about guys that played well. Gwegu played very, very well. Uh, and David Gwegu was a very good football player. And his athleticism in you know, conjunction with Nelson Caesar's kind of makes a three, three, five thing work to me. But when one of them is missing, and this is the depth thing we've heard coaches talk about, um, those two guys are very special athletes, though. So, uh, you know, having a lot of those guys on the team would be very helpful for a number of reasons. Um, but when one of the guys in on the field, the three through five looks like it's going to have some trouble. And if Nelson really went down on Tuesday, being out coached on defense to me means 
not shifting gears to something that more suits the personnel you're going to have. I, I don't know. I, I just, I know Nelson's a great pass rusher. So maybe the thought was putting another backup defense alignment on in a four, two, five, like they've been running for so many weeks early in the season. One going to work because of X, Y, Z. I mean, you already have Brandon Mack out for the season, um, whatever, but I don't know. I just, I feel like the thing that was missing was the like thing that makes that defense special. And frankly, what made it kind of work against Texas, never mind that you also have to factor in a week later, somebody's going to have film on it the way that Texas did not. Um, just felt, just felt underwhelming. Uh, obviously giving up 41 points is bad. Um, Houston continues to give up a lot of points often. Um, it's just ugly, and um, it didn't get better the second time through. It won't get better in the third. If you want to watch that third, be my guest. I'm flushing and moving on. Um, and I guess that's why I want to tie into the third segment, by flushing and moving on. Um, I say that to say that I want to talk some about Baylor and getting ready for that game. Um, and kind of like trends we got to see stop and stuff like that. But first, I think we could all use a win. And so if you could use a win and you're looking for somewhere to go win, I'm telling you, when it comes to football season, the best place to get that win is at prizepicks.com because you can go through and find all kinds of fun stat props and so on at prize picks. Get ready to play the game this weekend. Get it 25 times back your money this football season. Uh, you can get it's super simple. So you can get on right really quickly, make a couple taps. You can make your picks on things like over under various stats, uh, quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, an enormous selection of those stats and player type uh, players and stat types to choose from. Um, go on really quickly. They offer all kinds of promotions. So make sure you do check it every single day. Price fix reboot policy makes them unique though. The reboot policy on your entries, stay, they get to stay in play. Even if one of your players gets injured, NFL and college football games, if you have a player get exits the game in the first half and does not return to the second, that player gets automatically rebooted. Uh, PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with that type of injury insurance. So make sure you go check them out. It protects your money that way, folks. Players and stats uh, are all the rage. And make sure you check out your knowledge at prizepix.com slash college. Use code locked on college for a first pause match up to one. $100. It means you put 100 they add the match with 100 Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and choose code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prizepicks.com slash locked on college. So as we head to Bailey this week, a um, couple key points here. Houston opens up as a four and a half point dog on FanDuel at Baylor um, of their big 12 games so far. That's actually the closest spread at this point. Um, at this point in the week, I should say. Um, I, I imagine it stays the closest throughout the entire week. Um, Baylor is not very good. Um, Baylor is, I would safely argue, I think, although maybe it'll come from me in the comments, the worst incumbent Big 12 team this year. Um, you know, they might not have been projected there in June, but they lost four games in the year last year. And they're just three and five in the year this year. Their wins are Long Island University, which apparently does have a football team. Uh, they beat UCF after being down double digit, like three or four possessions in the fourth quarter, came back and beat UCF barely. They beat Cincinnati by a field goal. That's the entirety of their wins. Uh, I would say Dave Rand, their coach, is in the hottest of hot seats. He's familiar. He's a 
Mike Leach tech guy like Dana Holgerson is. Um, I actually don't know how many of the years have overlapped between the two of them, but they probably do have some knowledge of one another's coaching style from way back in the day. Um, but I would imagine Aranda's on the hot seat after ending last season with four straight losses and opening up this season a couple straight as well. Um, for what it's worth, Baylor's also lost the common opponents they have with Houston, Texas, and Texas Tech uh, by more points than those teams beat Houston by. So, at, you know, however you think about that Tech game, right, it was actually a little bit, it was roughly the same actually in that game, but the Texas game was certainly much different. Um, I will say, Waco was weird. They're going to Waco to play this game. Um, it's an afternoon game um, there at McLean Stadium. It'd be a little awkward. Here's the thing I think they have to avoid, and I think I'm, I'll probably reiterate this throughout the week a couple times. I was looking for a way to quantify Houston playing poorly for large swaths of games or for the Kansas State game, the entire game, and try to figure out some way to articulate how that's happened. Um, Brad Towns and Ryan Monso in com combination kind of did this at gokooks.com. Brad Towns first talked about dead quarters, meaning scoring um, less than, I believe, less than seven points in a quarter. Because if you look at the average college football score in America these days, the average team is getting 28 points a game, so it's seven points in a quarter. Um, at this point, uh, 17 of the 32 quarters they've played this season are, quote, dead. That's more than half of their quarters, they're getting less than seven points. And if you go down to halves as well, you got to change the point to it a little bit because, you know, if you want to be, you know, I don't know, soft on it, I guess a 10-point half wouldn't be a little, you know, closer to what a dead half would be. Um, if Houston, if dead halves count as 10 or less points, uh, Houston played nine of the 16 halves. It's still more than half. And if you go to 14 points for a dead half, because that's half of the way to 28 points, Houston has had dead halves in 12 of the 16 games this season. The full breakdown is at gokooks.com. Um, I think that's a clever way to statistically articulate that there seem to be large portions of football games. First half of Rice. Second half of Tech. All of Kansas State. First quarter of Texas even, where the team just doesn't look ready, engaged, whatever other cliche word you want to put on it. And Houston, even if they are, and I think they are, more talented than Baylor this weekend, even if I think, honestly, I'm thinking right now I might take Dana over David Aranda at Baylor. I, I'm not positive on that, but I, I think I might. Um, even if all those things are working their way, you cannot win Big 12 football games playing poorly for big swaths of the game like that. You can't play poorly for a quarter. You can't play poorly for a half. This is power five football. You can't be disengaged for a quarter. You can't be disengaged for a half. It will beat you. Full stop. And that's the frustrating thing with Kansas State is not necessarily the loss. If you'd have told me before the season they lose Kansas State, I'm like, you know what? Defending Big 12 champ. If you'd have told me coming into the game they're going to lose to Kansas State, I'm like, you know what? They might be the Big 12 champs this year on a back-to-back. -back. You're going to tell me they're going to get blanked? 41 nothing blanked? No. They are not that much worse in that program from a talent perspective. There should not be that much worse in that program from a program building perspective. They should not have lost 41 nothing. It happened. It did. Can't I mean, it's what it's the way it worked. But something went wrong. 
And I think we got to start trying to fix the things that went wrong. If you got ideas, I think I know what they're going to be because you guys say some of the same comments every week about ways you would fix this program with a couple quick tearing of contracts. But tell us down in the comments down below what you think. Um, each and every day we'll be back again. Uh, Tuesday, we're going to be trying to shift gears a little bit. One of Tuesday or Wednesday will be about basketball. So make sure you Hoops fans, subscribe to that. And as we get more into basketball season, it'll get more days of the week as well, obviously. Um, and then we got to get ready for Baylor this weekend. We'll talk to some people from Baylor, talk about the different game plans and scheme and things like that. And as always, by Friday, I'm going to have talked myself into them winning this football game. It seems to happen. It's a tradition unlike any other that happened by Friday, I promise. So make sure you subscribe to get the latest on the Houston Cougars each and every day. Appreciate you making Lockdown Cougars your first listen today. For a second listen, Locked on Big 12. Uh, they do a great job covering the whole conference. Drake is a Baylor guy. He's in a lot of pain. Go check out Locked on Big 12. Thank you all so much for making Locked on Cougars your first listen. Locked on Cougars is a prime Locked on podcast. Now, that means your team every day. Go Cougs.